Today I wanted to just go a little bit of a different direction. This is what I feel like God has put on my heart for today. So if you have your Bibles, join me in the book of Exodus. Exodus, the 32nd chapter. I will be reading two verses of Scripture from Exodus 32. I'm going to be looking at verse number 7 and 8. So follow along with me there. Exodus 32, once again, verse 7. And the Lord said unto Moses, Go, thank God was impressing upon him that you need to act in haste, act immediately. Get thee down. God is saying, move now. Get thee down. For thy people, for thy people. It's interesting how God... Uh, didn't just say, hey Moses, my people have lost their mind. God said, Moses, get down there quickly because your people, (laughs) uh, which thou, which thou brought us out of the land of Egypt, have corrupted themselves. (laughs) They have turned aside quickly out of the way which I commanded them. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. This is is an interesting verse because in these couple of sentences here, we see that that Moses, Moses is being identified as the one who led the children out of Egypt. And then the children that are down at the base of the mountain are saying, it wasn't Moses that did it, it was these gods, the molten image that brought us out. But the truth of the matter is, it was God that brought them out. And so it, in this, we see a lot of, uh, a lot of opposing factors and, and, and many things that are at play. And God said, Moses, get down there quickly because... These people have corrupted themselves. They have corrupted themselves. Now, I'm going to talk a little bit about this today, but I just want to start with this and saying, oftentimes we point fingers at everyone and everything else and say it's that fault and their fault, and and God said it's their fault. They, They have corrupted themselves. They did this to... Themselves, and so I want to talk to you a little bit about self-corruption and self. This this is the title: self-corruptions only nemesis. Self-corruptions only nemesis. God bless you, and you may be seated. Have you ever been told, or or maybe you heard the statement someone made? Maybe they made it to you, or or in reference to someone else, and and they said, someone said. They are their own worst enemy. Well, you have heard that. So I'm not not the only one that that has heard that. They are their own worst enemy. And and we know what the point is there, uh, right? You do know what the point is there. If someone has ever told you, you are your worst, your own worst enemy, you, you do know what they were saying, right? If not, if not, maybe I can help you come to an understanding of that. It simply means that the bulk of your problems, 
or the bulk of their problems, the bulk of their issues, the bulk of your issues, the bulk of their struggles, the bulk of your struggles is one of your own making. So you cannot pass this off on everyone else saying it's because of them that I'm in the shape I'm in right now. It's because of them that this or that or the other is going on in my life. Most of the time, we find ourselves in this position of being our own worst enemy. We are in that because of uh, decisions that we have made. Have you ever made a poor decision? Have you ever been in a situation where you had problems, issues, and struggles, and you didn't know why it was going on, and someone just said, hey, you are the man. And it was hard to swallow, and it was hard to accept, but when you did, you could then say, well, if I'm creating all of this, then I have the power to change all of this. And you made some positive decisions, and things started turning in your favor rather than working against you. Have you ever experienced that? If not, I want to encourage you to work your way out of your issues today. Work your way out of your problems today. Work your way out of your struggles today, and stop expecting everyone else to do it for you. Amen, amen. That's, that's, that's a pretty good response, but that's not the greatest response. Can't seem to get ahead. Can't seem to move beyond. Can't seem to uh, go any further than where you are because of continual bad decisions. Bad decisions. Let some good decisions start piling up. And when those good decisions start piling up, you'll see change in the days ahead. And you'll look back and thank God that someone was honest enough with you to say, hey, this isn't everybody else's issue. This is your issue. This isn't everybody else's problem. This is your problem. This isn't everybody else's situation or struggle. This is yours. Do something about it. Because if you're just waiting on someone else to always take care of it for you, you will most likely spend your life in misery and frustration and heartache. Case in point, we see right here in our text, And the Lord said to Moses, Go get thee down, for thy people which thou broughtest out of Egypt have corrupted themselves. They've done this to themselves. We can't blame all of this difficulty on someone else or something else or some situation in their life. Now this isn't to say that there weren't negative influences all around them. And this isn't to say that people that make poor decisions aren't having to confront negative influences all around every day. Negative influences do have and do weigh in, they do have a part in where I am if I allow them to. If I allow them to. Because I have to make choices in my own life based on not only what I'm facing, but everything else going on around me. And we all have these things that are swirling about us at all times trying to influence our thoughts. And most of the time, those uh, 
influences are, they tend to lean toward the negative. Well, you can't make it anyway. You can't get out of your situation anyway. It will never change. You just have to live with it. Try to make the best of it. Do what you can, but you're always going to be where you are right now. Those are negative thoughts, and those are negative conversations, and those are negative statements that as you're trying to deal with life, when they're coming in, if you give them access to your life, they will literally tear down every bit of positivity that might have been there. Amen. So, so it happens and we understand all of that. And I don't want you to misread what I'm saying today. He said, you, you, you have done this to yourselves. But in all fairness, they had just come out of centuries, if you will, of bondage with idol worship all around them no freedom in their own lives to worship the way they would want to worship, and the constant influence for previous generations had always been, this is the way you do it, this is how you gain access to God, if you will. And they came out of all of this negativity, and at the first sign that things were not going their way, they automatically gave in to the negativity that had been about them for centuries. Although they were different people, although they were chosen people, although they were God's people, they were still susceptible to the ways of a heathenistic world. I want you to see that today. You're in this world, but your world, this world's not your home. You, you, you are here but you're just passing through. But in this time of passing through, there are a lot of influences that are ungodly, that are sinful, that are negative, that will do everything in their power to attach themselves to your thoughts and your way of living. So they have, he said, corrupted themselves. Now ultimately God is placing the responsibility upon the individual. It falls on the individual's shoulders and I and I hope you can just track with me today and understand that what I'm saying is we are a church family but this church family is made up of individuals. And no matter no matter where you are in this journey with him the responsibility to live the way He would desire us to live is not just a collective thing, it is a very individual thing. And we cannot say, because pastor does, or brother so-and-so does, or my family member does, then I'm automatic. No, this is individual. They have corrupted themselves. It falls, the responsibility falls on the individual for thy people which thou broughtest out of the land of Egypt have corrupted themselves. And here's a major point in this that I want to lift from, from this statement. God was referencing now, hear me, He was referencing delivered people. Alright? He was making this statement about people who had already been brought out of Egypt. So, if I can just liken this 
to, to the church and people that may be sitting here right now, he was talking to people who had already escaped the curse of sin in the world. And he was saying, they made it out, but now they have corrupted themselves. So in other words, you can get out of Egypt and still put yourself back into Egypt, if you will. He made a way to bring them out, and then by their own actions, they decided to put themselves back into that place. Now, physically they were not in Egypt, but when you build a golden calf... (laughs) You may be outside of the borders of Egypt, but you're still in Egypt. Mentally, emotionally, you physically may not be there, but everything else, spiritually, you're still in captivity. Because the God that made a way for you to come out is at that high place calling for something greater and you've decided to put yourself back in to what He brought you out of. So I want you to see that he's talking to delivered people. And at least we forget those folks that we're referencing here should have known better. You ever ever met any people that, maybe you raised some, that should have known better? (laughs) You ever thought that? They should have known better. (laughs) What in the world were they thinking? They They weren't thinking apparently. They should have known better. These people should have known better. They just watched what God did on a grand scale and in a miraculous way to bring them out of an impossibility, a place of bondage. And now they're free and they should have known better, but the first thing they did as soon as Moses departs to talk with God is they start building Egyptian idols. They go right back to that influence that had been around them for so long. Now, I'll say this. Most of the, the, most of the saddest events, disheartening events, troublesome events that I've observed in a lifetime of personally dealing with people and observing my parents dealing with people my entire life, most of the, mo- the, the saddest circumstances and situations, I'll say this honestly, what I've experienced and what I've watched them experience, most of those things have unquestionably been self-inflicted. Oh, pastor! Oh, self-inflicted. Not every, I said most. Not everything. But we, we, we flip this and we want the most to be stuff we had nothing to do with. It just happened. But the truth of the matter is most of the saddest experiences and events and disheartening things I've ever observed happen by the hands of self-infliction. They brought it on themselves. They constantly walked this line.
thinking, I'll always make it. I'll always be okay. I'll always escape it. I'll always get by. It'll never catch up with me. And then all of a sudden, after years of poor decisions and compromising places and situations, the world crashes on them and they want to point fingers at everybody else and say, it was all of that. When the truth is, trust me, I've dealt with thousands of people and I'm not saying that in an exaggerated way. Most situations that are heart-wrenching, sad and troublesome, you can trace it right back to they have corrupted themselves. Hi, it's quiet in here today. Amen. They have turned aside, notice this, quickly. You don't, you don't gradually, and I've heard it, you don't gradually, gradually turn to other things. They quickly did it. At the first sign, they were gone. They quickly have turned aside out of the way which I commanded them. I said do this, and they quickly did that. <laughs> this, is, this is what he's saying. They have made them a molten calf and have worshipped it and have sacrificed thereunto and said, These be thy gods, O Israel, which have brought thee up out of the land of Egypt. He said they quickly built an idol. They worshipped that idol. They sacrificed to that idol. And they even gave credit to the idol for bringing them out of their Egypt. Now, let me break this down for some that may not, may not be able to keep up with me today. The first step, the first step to personal demise is doing something other, doing something other than what God commands. Well, I don't, I don't ever want to be a castaway. I don't want to ever be a fallaway. I don't ever want to lose my place in God. Then hear me, because step one is always the same. When we decide that what He commands is not important enough to do, then we are already on our way to tragedy. This is, they quickly turned away, quickly turned aside from what He commanded. At the moment your mind, your heart, your life, anything, your body, whatever makeup you have, at the moment that you question and turn from what He said, you're headed the wrong way. I commanded this, they did that. It's the first step in our personal demise. You want to see people unwind and lose out and everything? It's the moment it starts at the moment they say, eh, that's just old-fashioned. That, that was just what my parents... That, that doesn't apply. That isn't... Be very, very careful. They corrupted themselves. They did it 
to, you can't blame everything on the devil. Blame everything on a spouse. Blame everything on a job. Blame everything on a government. Blame everything on a sinful society. Blame everything on the world. Hey, look at the mirror and ask yourself, am I lining up with what He commands? Because if I'm not, I'm taking myself down into a tragic situation. I'm doing this to myself. And I can't point fingers at, at anyone else because of this. So the first step to personal demise is doing something other than what God commands. 2 Peter 1 verse 19. 2 Peter 1. I don't think I gave you this, Faith. So track with me real quick. 2 Peter 1 19, 21 says, We have also a more sure word of prophecy. Whereunto... Ye do well, say do well, say I do well, (laughs) that ye take heed. I do well if I take heed. (laughs) If I take heed as unto a light that shineth in a dark place, until the day dawn and the day star arise in your hearts, knowing this first, shout first, knowing this first, that no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation. For the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Every word here is on purpose. Every word here is through prophecy. Every word here was divinely inspired by God. And none of this is a private interpretation. None of this is only for my wife to understand or Kenneth to understand or someone else to understand. It's only for them and not you. No, this is of no private interpretation. That means anyone in this place can come to an understanding of what God wants in our lives. And so if you say, I don't know, I made a mistake. I didn't know what the commandment was. Get this out and start reading this and you'll find a place that you can align your life because this is the commandments of God this is what he expects of our life private and personal hear me revelations mean nothing well I had a revelation well I had a dream well I received a word what great Great. Aren't you something? (laughs) Most of the time, I'm just living for God because I know what to do. Not because I've heard anything fresh. This was settled a long time ago. And if I'll just do this, I don't have to worry about anybody else's revelation or their personal experience. Because if that doesn't align itself with what God has already said, then your revelation and your personal experience means nothing to me. You cannot trump this. This is the final authority. And when they said... He commanded that, but we decided to do this. He said, you've corrupted yourself. You have destroyed yourself. 
You've done this to yourself. And to declare something other would mean, okay, he went on to say, and I'll go back in and say, Know this first, no prophecy of the Scripture is of any private interpretation, for the prophecy came not in old time by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. And so, to declare something different than this, if you have the audacity to do that, and you actually have the bravado to do that, and you forgot that you're going to stand before the guy that spoke this one day, and you're going to give an account to Him face to face one day, if somehow all of that escapes you, know this, when you give something other than what He declared, that would mean what was spoken to holy men of God is void and held no weight and means nothing. So you might as well just throw this whole thing away and say God's going to start over with my revelations. I, I don't. I don't want to walk. I don't, Barry, I don't want to walk down that road. I, I don't want to walk down that road. So, whatever experiences I have, whatever revelations I have, whatever words I receive, I want to make sure that they're in alignment with what He's already commanded. Because if I don't do what He already commanded, I'm in the first step of to my own demise and corrupting myself by saying God said this, but I'm going to do something else. Hey, hear me today. I want to help some of you. I want you to understand that there is nothing more important than the Word of God and this preached Word of God that's declared in our lives. It has the ability to literally save our souls, the Bible said. Oh, hallelujah. I want a preacher in my life. I said, I want a preacher in my life. I want somebody telling me, thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. People will worship. Here's what happens. When we turn from His commands, we will worship the creation of our own hands. Okay? They created a golden calf, a molten calf. As soon as they turned from His command, they created something other that they could worship. Because people will always worship something. We were created that way. Look at your neighbor and say, it's in your DNA. It's in the very creative makeup. It's a part of you. You were created to worship. You were created to give allegiance somewhere. And if you turned from Him, what did they do? They created a calf and the first thing they did was worship at the calf. You will turn to something that you create and you'll worship because worship will always be a part of our lives. The question is who and what will you and I worship? Will I worship Him or will I worship the efforts of my own hands. Will I worship and obey and follow the commands that He expects in my life? Or will I build my own playhouse and worship at that altar? But we will all worship. And in fact, right now, all of us are worshiping something or someone. And if it's not Him and His ways, then it's something that you have created as a man. And you feel like your creation 
is greater than His. Some people worship their children. You didn't think I'd go down this road. You don't know me well enough. Some people worship their jobs. Some people worship their careers. Some people worship their finances. Some people worship their degrees. Some people, hello, they worship their status. Some people worship their family. Some people worship their hobbies. Some people worship their entertainment. Some people worship their... See, see, it'll either be Him or it'll be something else that you propped up to say. That's where I gain all my encouragement from. That's where I gain all my happiness from. That's where I gain all my joy from. That's where I gain all my fulfillment from. I love what God has provided. I love my family and I love my wife and I love my children. I'd lay my life down from them for them. But I don't love them more than I love Him. And they know that. And I trust that you know that. I love this church and I love every one of you. And I love what God has done in our life. I love the ministry He's called me to. I love what He's given me the opportunity to experience through life. But I don't love any of my accomplishments more than I love Him. I don't love any of my callings more than I love Him. I don't love any of my talents or abilities more than I love Him. I love Him more than anything else. And what He says is what I'm committed to do because it's His command and if He commands me in that way, I'm going to walk Him that way. This is the way. Walk ye in it, the Scripture says. And when we walk in that way, we set our lives up for favor and for blessings and for abundance. If we don't, then we're starting the decline into demise. Amen. They worshipped at it and made, made them a molten, a molten calf. It's our personal desires that say, this is, this is the image I like. This, this is what I want to put together. And it's misguided service, worship, and sacrifice. It leads to deception. Hear me. If you, if you turn from His commandment, you take the step down this road of demise, build your own idol, begin to worship and sacrifice at that idol, misguided service, because that idol can do nothing for you. No, no actor, no professional sports figure, no politician... No educated individual. They can't do one thing for you when your life ends here. So, if that's where you're worshiping, enjoy your Sunday afternoons because it's going to be rough in the days ahead. That's what you like. Enjoy your two hours on a Friday night, but that's, it's not going to last forever. Here's what happens. We, if we've worshipped at it, if we've sacrificed at it, the next thing we will begin to do is it will lead us to deception in our confession. Alright? Let me go back. I started with this. You have to stay with me. I don't just make statements that do not tie together. 
So you have to stay with me the whole 33 minutes so far. I'm timing it right now. If you don't have a 33 minute ability to listen, you got a problem. They said it was what I created that brought me out of Egypt. You will be deceived in your confession. And you'll start saying, it's my job, my money, my home, my family, my doctor, my prescription, my game, my movie, my entertainment, my... That's what brought me... Hey, 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 none of that has done one thing for you when it comes to eternity. Not one thing that I just mentioned is going to get you from this world to that world to be with Him forever and ever. If I make it out of this, it'll be because of the mercy of God. It'll be because of the grace of God. It'll be because of the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. It'll be because of the precious blood that was shed for me and the body that was broken for me. If you start down the road of demise, you will start Confessing deception in your life. I worked my way. I did all of this. I paid my own way. I, I paid my own, but nobody ever helped me. You better not count him out. It wasn't that molten image, that calf that brought you out of Egypt. It wasn't that man-made idol that caused Egypt to crumble and caused the firstborn to die and plague after plague and turn the attention of Pharaoh. No, no, no. It wasn't what you did. It's what he did. I'm here today because of what he did. I'm only here today because of the blood of Jesus Christ. Because of what He's done. Because of His mercy. Because of His grace. Because of His compassion. Because of His love. Some of us would have been in a prison cell. Some of us would have been in a graveyard. Some of us would have been laying in a hospital right now. Some of us would have been strung out somewhere. But by the grace of God, I'm in this house right now. I'm going to confess to the goodness of God. I'm going to confess to the glory of God. I'm going to confess to the mercy of God. I'm going to confess to what God has done. Not what I have done. Not what I did on my own or by myself but because of him I'm here today they said it was this idol that did it you start worshiping there serving that and you'll start speaking in deceptive ways oh God help me right now to get to somebody's attention and let them hear the word of the Lord I don't want misguided service well this is okay and that's alright if it's against his word and if it's against his commandments it's not okay it will never be okay it'll never just be alright I want to know what he said and I want to live the way he wants me to live or it will not only affect my daily actions it'll affect my speaking Oh God, they have corrupted themselves. What I created delivered me. What I created helped me. What I created brought me out. What I created made my life better. No, no, no. What God did for you made all of that better. And if it had not been for the Lord on my side, if it had not been for the strength that He provides, if it had not been for His grace and mercy, not one of us would be in this house right now. God said they have corrupted themselves. Galatians 5 verse 24 says this, And they that are Christ 
have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Let me me do this for a moment. You know what this represents? His crucifixion. His blood that was spilled. His body that was broken. He said, no no man takes my life. I lay it down. I spill this blood because I choose to. I allow this body to be broken because I choose to. Nobody is forcing this. Nobody is making this happen. I'm doing this because I'm taking responsibility for the lostness of humanity. The Bible said, and they that are Christ have crucified the flesh with the affections and lust. Those that belong to Him, Paul said, have done the very same thing. Those that belong to Him have looked at their lives and they have said, I'm laying it down. Because if I lay it down, I'll have life. But if I hold on to it, I'll lose my life. And so those that belong to Him, alright? Let me help you now. The nemesis To self-corruption is a life that's been laid down and sacrificed for the cause of Christ. You can't corrupt yourself if you already lay your life down for Him. I don't have anything to lose. I don't have anything to corrupt. I don't have anything to do away with. I've already sacrificed it all and laid it on the altar. Every time we pick up the flesh and we try to do it on our own, we have to go back to the altar and say, hey, that what I told you I was going to do, I'm not going to do that anymore. That vow that I made to you, I didn't really mean that. I'm going to, live, I'm going to do what I want to a little bit longer. The nemesis to self-corruption is a life that's laid down. They have crucified They have crucified the flesh. When the flesh starts speaking, you start saying, you know what, I think it's time I push the plate back. Flesh starts speaking. You know, I think it's time I start disconnecting from some of those friends. Flesh starts, I think it's, I, I need to disconnect from that program. I need to disconnect from that conversation. I need to disconnect from that influence. I need to disconnect. I need to push this back. I need to find... Because if you will constantly lay your life down, there will not be anything to fall into demise. Let me, let me close here. And if ushers will grab teachers or children or students, those that are planning to take communion with us. A sure way to avoid being the culprit of your own demise is to heed the words of the Lord. You're going to say, well, 
I don't know what you're talking about laying my life down. Here's, here's what I'm talking about. Do what this says. Heed His commandments. The Bible is not a book of suggestions. It, it, God expects me to align my life with Him and His Word. There are no exceptions to that. There are no excuses that will be good enough for that. He wants me to align my life with this. And this is so counter-fleshly that when I do that, I'm laying it all down. Crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. This week of fasting season this time that we've taken to just push the plate back to help me come into better alignment with His Word. To help me to say, to say, God, Your commandments mean more to me than anything else. Left to my own, I'm just going to make a mess of this whole thing. But if Your Word will reign in my heart, if Your Word will reign in my mind, if Your Word will reign in my life, God, I know that You will give me strength to tear down every stronghold that stands up against Your purpose and Your will. I found that if I'm not deliberate about my Christianity, the stuff of life and the stuff of my flesh will constantly get in the way. It will constantly get in my way. If you didn't join in with us this last week in this spiritual reset at Vertical, you didn't join in and fast with us, I want you to ask yourself right now, I want you to ask yourself, why? Why? Could it be that you've built your own idol? Could it be that you have a golden calf setting up in your life right now? And you, you want to walk in this building and act like everything is good, and yet, yet, yet there's a calf, there's an image, there's an idol that just, why didn't you? Why, why didn't you? Now, now that you've asked yourself why and you've come up with that excuse, let me ask you this, is, is that legitimate? Is that a legitimate excuse? We made it where everybody, could be involved. We literally made it where everybody could be involved. I wouldn't be a good pastor if I didn't call you out. Why didn't you? Is, is that really... You want to stand before Him with that excuse? Are you constantly dealing with the junk of your own decisions? You know, that enemy deal I was talking about? We're, all, we're our own worst. Are you tired of just constantly dealing with the junk of your own poor decisions? Then why don't you just stop the madness and say, I'm deciding today to fall in love with this and let this word be my guide. Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and it is a light unto my path and I refuse to let anything turn me from His commandments because I know 
I know where my victory lies. If you don't turn it around, if you individually don't do it, who's going to do it for you? Say, well, I, I don't know. Well, let me tell you, He already made a way. Jesus Christ already made a way. I held this up a few moments ago and told you, He accomplished this through His bodily sacrifice at Calvary's cruel tree that all you needed would be taken care of for you. All you would ever need would be made, the way would be made for you. He would lay His body down and He would shed every drop of blood for every person that would say, I'm going to live as Christ. I'm laying it all down. I'm coming into alignment with His purpose and plan and His Word and I refuse to do more damage in my own life. I refuse to cause more problems in my own life. I'm literally going to turn it all over to the hand of the Lord and let Him lead me and guide me this day forward. Self-corruption is the absolute worst kind of corruption. And I don't want to fall into that category. And so I say yes to His Word. I say yes to His will. And I lay my life down for His cause and for His purpose.